You're listening to Emma Nash, Screen Queens. Hello, you're listening to Emma Nash, Screen Queens. I am Ash, here to tell you about all the excellent crap I watched last week. Here's Em. Also here to tell you about all the excellent crap I, I watched last week, or maybe not actually, because some of it is such old crap that I can't discuss it. But anyway, hello. Happy Sunday. Hi. And then producer <laughs> Stu has got some good crap, haven't you, Stu? Good Indeed, crap I've, watched, I've watched two of the excellent craps. We're heavy on Stu crap this week, which is great, <laughs> I, for one, am hanging out my arsehole. How are you guys feeling? I'm fine. I have felt better. Let's yeah. <laughs> just clear. I have felt better. But, you know, how else do you differentiate between lockdown weeks and lockdown weekends if you don't just yeah. indulge with vast amounts of drinking? I feel like we're trying to really ramp up the lockdown debauchery because now there's M's in sight. We're going to have to go back to actual work and stuff um, and be normal people. So now we're we're being alcoholic children as long as possible. Speak for yourselves. I've been quite good. I've been in the garden pottery. But by the same token, I I don't have drinking buddies living at home with me. So I I, I have no one with whom to be it. This is true. Can confirm living with a sommelier is top crack. (laughs) <laughs> it's true as well because then you're really when you're living by yourself i suppose and you would be drinking the amount the quantity of booze that i tend to drink starting with my midday chilada and then on a rocky road down would smack of lonely alcoholism whereas i can just keep myself to say that yeah we're just doing something that we love to do together it's just sharing joint interests yeah, I mean, <laughs> you why don't you get one of those lovely dolls that ryan gosling had and just make out like you've got like a made-up wife living at home so you can drink all the time. Because I'm not a psychopath. That's why. He's not a psychopath in that film. He is working through some things. But I'm not not in a film, so to have such a bit of paraphernalia in my house, I would look like um, a real psycho and possibly a massive pervert. You do have a teenage boy's bedroom. I can see it in the background. You you warned us that you're having a bit of a a week of it and you're refusing to tidy up just to regain some control. To be be honest, this this is me beginning to tidy, so it looks like even more of a psycho. I've taken things off the floor and just put them up a level. That doesn't constitute a clean yet. It's just halfway house. Hmm. I can confirm this is very much what my teenage boys' bedrooms look like most of the time. It's just like a heap of, of like headphone wires and clothes and underwear oh. and, uh, yeah, half-chewed things, maybe old plates of toast oh, in God. the middle of the bed, and then you take it from there. Fun times. Fun oh, God. Times. I remember, so one of my good friends had this lodger. I think she still has it, actually, but I obviously haven't seen her for, like, a year, who was a wild animal Bear in mind, she's renting a room in someone else's home. And, like, you'd be pretty well behaved. It would be full plates of food, like, on the bed while she sleeps in the bed, just left there, and all over the floor. Various other personal pieces of rubbish. Incredibly personal, if you're a lady. Everywhere. I'm like, it, what? This, this, no. This, right, if that was a child, right. and a social worker saw that room, they would be removed from that house. Like, honestly, it was insane, but <laughs> well, I, yeah, we're not at that. We're not quite. She's at that not level, quite there I, yet. Well, I did. I did because I've been so bad recently. Just because I've been, I just, I've been doing things in the garden. I've, I've been neglecting mm. the indoors. I just come in. I just come in and sleep here. I've been outdoors, been at work, etc. And even though I'm, as I said before, perhaps not an alcoholic, it, I, I'm very bad at taking my recycling downstairs. So the other day, I had like. An armful of empty bottles clink, clink, clink down the stairs. We take oh. it in turns for who has to go and put the um, recycling in the outdoor bin because it's so embarrassing, whoever has to do it. I'm like, I'm not oh, doing Ash- it this time. <laughs> oh, Ashley, how that makes me laugh because, of course, that was one of the hilarious punchlines in Stage, the David Tennant, oh, Michael Sheen vehicle that you loved so much. You're just like them. Oh, stars, they're just like us. We had something <laughs> called... Um, was it Red Nose Day we recently have? Comic Relief. Yeah, it's on Comic Friday. Relief. I don't know if it's a global thing. It's that we've been doing it in England. Like a com- uh, this comedian Lenny Henry um, started it decades ago, and we raise like several hundreds millions of pounds. And really famous people do sketches to help raise money. Um, like Daniel Craig will show up as James Bond. Like it's that level of star power. And they did a special episode of that fucking stage shite. And they I have dressed up in yet. Shakespearean costumes and being like 
extra thespian. And I hated the original series because they're just being thespians. And I texted you two and said, this stage sketch is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And I stand by that. This is the true. This is the true. Right. So, Ash, what do we we manage to kind of, we've sort of swept up some sort of droppings really from this week, it feels like. It felt like it wasn't going to be. And then we've ended up with loads of stuff, as always. So run through what we're doing. We have um, an allegory for you. Um, Deadly Illusions. Its name has been changed to Grace. We'll get into that soon. Um, Stuart's found a little gem called Resident Alien I know nothing about, but I want to. Um, We Mm. saw Cherry, um, which would have been a big ticket item, obviously came straight to um, Apple to stream because of cinemas. I imagine, actually, it might have always been destined for streaming. Then we have the best thing that's ever happened to me. A series called Marriage or Mortgage. Yes, that's all it's about. Um, and then Stu is back with some Marvel shite Emma will undoubtedly weigh in on. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, and then we've got The Flight Attendant, which has been big, big news in the US for a long time. It's starting to get picked up over here. Kaylee Cuoco getting nominated for various TV awards left, right and centre for that. And then we're going to tell you why all the Oscar nominations are wrong and all right. Lovely. But um, should we we start with Deadly Illusions? If you search this on IMDb, you'll come to a film called Grace. Um, They've changed the title, I imagine, in the hopes of trying to trick more people to click on it on Netflix. I was going to watch this after this. This is going to be my Sunday afternoon watch. Um, It's got the very sexy Dermot Mulroney from My Best Friend's Wedding. Kristen Davis off of um, Sex and the City. Sex and the City. Um, and it's about a, a best-selling female novelist who I'm guessing is Kristen Davis. She's got a bit of writer's block, so she hires this young nanny to watch over her kids to help her with her work, and then it all gets a bit deadly. Maybe there's an illusion at hand. It's written and directed by Anna Elizabeth James, who has only done a couple of shite-looking kids' things about horse ranches. One looks to be starring Denise Richards. So, yeah, that's got to be absolute dog shite. Um, but Emma found a series of IMDb um, reviews, which you, which you shared with me. Would you like to share with the group? And then hopefully you can turn off I did, not just me, but all 18 did, of our listeners. <laughs> I, did have to, <laughs> I did have to share these on the WhatsApp. They made me laugh. The first three reviews I saw, the first one said, one star possibly the worst movie of 2021 this movie is so bad i'd rather watch kanye west talking about himself for 10 hours straight thought that was quite that is actually entertaining punchy. though the kanye one one star i made an account just to rate this movie with one star and then lastly one star the only good thing about this movie was that it eventually ended i wish it were possible to give this film a lower score so I'm thinking maybe you know, I didn't know it was on Netflix to be honest because my we've talked about this before. Your Netflix album, or Amazon, you know, whatever you watch compared to whatever I watch, I get very yeah. different things being thrown up on my Netflix. Well, this mine, had the word dead is, in the title, so that would have done it for me. Straight, straight to you. All I'm getting thrown at, uh, thrown out at the moment on Netflix is that Varsity um, documentary about you know the American college admissions when Felicity Huffman and Laurie oh, yeah. Loughlin. Ex of, ex of Full House or whatever ended up having to go, you know, having suspended sentences for paying vast amounts of money to get their children into the colleges they yeah. wanted to. And they've made a really weird looking docudrama with Matthew Modine as the real life guy who did it. So they're kind of talking real life conversations. Oh, I, I think don't they're scripted like... that they've got, but, but actors are doing it. And I started watching that yesterday, but it, it wasn't, I mean, it's, it's been done by the guys who did um, The Fire festival documentary oh but that was very good funniest exercise in schadenfreude you'll ever see and if you haven't yet watched the fire festival definitely on netflix do yourselves a favor and do that but um yeah y-r-e fire yeah about some idiots who tried to set up an influencer festival and it turned out to be the worst thing that ever happened to them so good so yeah anyway we're basically saying with those um and imdb viewers um, sorry, IMDb reviews tend to be quite kind, I find. Like the IMDb people tend to absorb a lot of crap like we do and tend to normally find something good to say about it. So the fact that this gets 
three one-star reviews. And I, Kristen Davis was never, I mean, she wasn't really the best in Sex and the City. She was, she's not going to pull me into playing a sexy, mm. deadly novelist. I find that hard to believe. Me too. Does it look sexy? I haven't even seen the, tra- the trailer. Is it sexy? Moroni looks sexy. Oh, he maybe is. I'll watch. i watch My Best Friend's Wedding again instead of this. That is a better use of my time. For shizzle. Or watch the... Or the Watch the Country movie film he was in with River Phoenix and Samantha Mathis. Okay. I think called Love. Have you ever seen that? No, I was born in 1987, remember? Well, speaking <laughs> of, it's right towards the end of Paul. Well, yeah. Okay, so you were five when this came out because it's just before River <laughs> Phoenix died. And he was not in a good way when he was making this film, I don't believe. Strung out on crack. Deep into his addiction. But nonetheless, it is a charming Nashville-based film with a very handsome John McRoney. Nashville will come up again later. Stay tuned, kids. Um, so that was Deadly Illusions slash Grace. Um, please do yourself a favour and steer clear. Stuart, this looks good. Where did you find Resident Alien? It's because it, you like Alan Tudyk off of Dodgeball, is that why? So I, I've it's seen... on the Sci-Fi Channel, that's why. So it's on the Sci-Fi Channel <laughs> in the States, I believe. And in the UK, it's over on Sky One. Um, but I've heard about it off and on on the social media... I've never heard. I've not heard of it from word of mouth, but it just it sort of pops up on social media feeds, and every now and then I go, "I like the actor, and I like the premise." But I just, you know, it, it's like me, typical me. Someone what is the me, premise? It sounds like that good um, Rick and Morty esque new thing you told me about the other week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Solar opposites. Solar opposites, yeah. So this is like it's uh, an alien who's crash landed um, on Earth. He's taken on the identity of a man called Harry. Um, who is a small town Colorado doctor, or rather, or rather, sorry, he's a big city doctor, but ends up becoming a small town Colorado doctor, and uh, slowly begins to wrestle with the moral dilemma of his secret mission on Earth. Emma Hand. So there's also a touch of, there's also a touch of Doc Hollywood about this. Do you remember? And again, you're so young, mm-hmm. you probably won't remember mm-hmm. that, but that was like a Michael Joe J. Black. Fox. Yeah, Michael J. Fox. No, it was a Michael J. Fox vehicle, wasn't it? From like the late eighties, where he was the big city doctor, crashed his car in a small town, and then obviously falls in love with ye old smally town life. But I'm taking this is funnier than that because obviously you've also got an alien who can't figure out. Is it also about figuring out human behaviour? Yeah, like like solar opposites. It's an alien who doesn't understand how humans work in society and in interactions and things, and he's trying to navigate that whilst his mission is also his priority. Minus the alien thing, this also is the same plot line of half of the Hallmark Christmas films. So that makes me like it even more. So the essentially because <laughs> the, the the poster that they used to advertise in the states says the sci-fi murder mystery Doctor Dramedy Earth needs now. So it is a bit of a, a mashup, which seems to be kind of a popular trend these days, particularly off They're the just algorithm of... hitting like crazy, aren't they? Exactly, and like in the, in the Marvel movies as well. No Marvel movie is just a superhero movie. It's also political thriller. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. that all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's by Chris Sheridan as well, who's been a producer on Family Guy for a long, long time. He's won uh, various primetime Emmys. I mean, that makes sense because some of the humour in this is very, uh, not necessarily infantile, but it's certainly off the wall. And it's, it's a lot of it is like, for example, you'll have cutaway scenes where he's, obviously he's trying to fit in, but by the same time he's very dismissive of the humans around him so for example he's in one scene he drugs someone um and he says right now you don't wake up until i'm back or preferably not at all (laughs) kill people would you say would you say you know obviously we've been doing this podcast for quite some time so you know the kind of stuff that i watch with my family with the boys we are currently our before bed watch is still the american office because obviously when we started it i kind of didn't realize there's 190 episodes to get through but we are almost at the end still loving it would you say would this be a good family watch for us (laughs) when when you say family watch i wouldn't say a general family watch but for you emma and the family watch for you definitely <laughs> given your household for you yeah. it's a certificate 18 everyone <laughs> oh. but there, there is oh, there, I didn't see that. but there is a good um interaction in the series so one of the things um that's quite funny throughout the the so this is currently only eight episodes in i should stress it's not finished the series yet and i'm still playing catch-up because i found this out late and one of the interactions in the show is that there is a small boy 
And he's the only person in this small Colorado town who can see him as an alien owing to some sort of genetic inheritance. You know, a chance of like one in a thousand. And in this tiny Colorado town, this small boy has it. And um, so there are some funny interactions where he's cursing and trying to kill this small boy because he's a threat to his mission. So there's a funny little comic dynamic there. So the fact that he can swear and say foul things to this small child perhaps that is the opening there well maybe a younger audience can see the humor in it okay nice. I mean, I'm, I'm excited i'm pleased that you've discovered this because it has not popped up on my home screen or anything maybe which surprises me because you know i do watch a lot of marvel and we do share similar tastes in in, in many things Stuart, but it hasn't popped up for me so i'm really really i'm quite excited about this what makes so it an 18, do you think? Do they say cunt a lot or is there sexual violence? Like, it's unusual to be an 18. A- a- adult scenes, um, some light gore. So, for example, uh, severed foot corpses, that sort of thing. Um, a little bit of vulgar language um, and some sexual themes. <laughs> Thank you. I just much. language straight off the back of the British Board of Film Classification right there. <laughs> Sexual themes. <laughs> um, well, no, that sounds good, actually. Resident Alien. I think we're going to try that, too, because we're out of stuff to watch. We've stopped watching that Brian Cranston thing. Is it not remember? very good? Oh, we Your were going to talk about it, we? I So Your Honour is, obviously, everyone's been raving about it. It's a 10-part limited series, apparently based on an Israeli show. I didn't know that. Originally, it was an right. Israeli show. It did really well in Israel, and they remade it for the States. And it stars Brian Cranston as a judge in New Orleans whose son becomes involved with a hit-and-run with just the wrong kind of family. It's a big mobster family. It's all about them trying to cover up this crime and then just the tangled web they weave. And I tell you, Ash, I watched three episodes, and I was so stressed by the end of that. It just wasn't. Well, yeah, I watched three well, I had, I was far, I did, at one point though, I started fast forwarding the third episode because I was just so stressed ah, out. It's one of things where the decisions they're making are just like, you're like, don't do that. It's no, yeah. just come clean. It's all, it's all going to end yeah. horribly. Too much so you fast forwarded it. We watched one episode, then we went through to another one and we're getting quite excited. But then we saw that it was 10 episodes long and we were just like, no fucking way. This can be done and dusted inside three or four hours. There's no way I'm watching this for 10 hours because it just doesn't need to be strung out. So I'm going to watch the final episode and I'm pretty sure I can just pick up everything that happens in the middle. Everyone is so I stupid think I, in it. He's supposed to be I a read justice what of happened the peace. In the end as well. Or maybe I'll just read it. But yeah, he's so dumb. Everyone's so corrupt and dumb. It just gets silly and they make ridiculous decisions and I don't believe a word of it. But And it's just awful and, and, and good people end up being horrible. It, it, it's yeah. too much. At this point in think as we're coming into a new sense of optimism and spring and as of course a week tomorrow we can be in each other's gardens again how exciting uh, that's some good weather oh but you know i don't know it, yeah it wasn't so that was your honor but a lot of people are loving it but it was too much for me resident too alien much. good your honor not so good shall we move on to um a special film that's um apple Hello. original called cherry um, starring Tom Holland, who's Spider-Man. Uh, that casting will make sense soon. Uh, so they drop out of college, end up going to serve um, in Iraq, comes back with PTSD. Obviously, his life spirals after that. He takes down his young love, Emily's life, with that. And it culminates in him deciding to commit a crime to try and stabilise their lives and get some cash. Um, doesn't end well. Uh, it's by the Russo brothers who do all of that Avengers shit. And I think all this is why all that Avengers shit. Did you see my eye roll there, Ashley? <laughs> yeah. It's their follow-up only from the biggest film of all time. You know, they did Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, and this is the yeah. film they've been chosen to do, which is a interesting choice. Perhaps? I think they're trying I mean, like- to move away from those big-ticket blockbusters and to prove they have some indie chops. They do have some, but the problem I had with it, and I've only just realised it's a Russo Brothers film, is that it is a bit too bolshy and blokey and guns, guns, guns for the kind of film I think they were trying to make. It looks like a quiet, dark, really personal character study, but it's a, it had these blokey layers on top of them. But that might bring in a new audience to this kind of film. Um, it's a certificate 18 again. Um, I'm not sure it needs to be. 
because so much addiction stuff. I think my issue with this was, although Stuart first, because I don't want you to have your hand on the kids. Stuart, what's up? Uh, no, you say your point first because mine is a mine is a a, a side a point. Long ago. Okay, I'm going to say about this. So this is based on a novel, sorry, a novel, autobiographical book written by a guy called Nico Walker, who did, who wrote it, I think, while he was in prison. And he was released, I think, in 2018, just as they started, you know, started to, to make this film. So it is, the, you know, the true life story of, like you say, this poor guy who goes and has two, and it's called Cherry because that's what they call the guys before they've seen a death when they're in Iraq. And so... This guy went to Iraq, like you say, came back PTSD, then spirals into addiction and robbery. And it, I think it had an epic feel about it, which I think came from the Russo's type of direction, like visually, particularly towards the end, the end, you know, the very the end, end where, where, where is everything's fantastic. kind of and is amazingly shot and has that real sense of, of, of epic grandeur about it. An incredible it. sequence that. at the end. And I think that. Tom Holland, who I think is one of our most likable and hardworking, he has, to me, he's got a little bit of the Daniel Radcliffe's about it, probably a better actor than Daniel Radcliffe, but like Daniel Radcliffe, young, English actor, obviously, he's been one of the biggest franchises of all time, it's now massively popular with Spider-Man, but he just seems to have work ethic, and he's getting on and making interesting choices, because he made that gothic southern thriller that popped up on Netflix that I never saw, and now he's made this, and he just seems incredibly likable so i think that grounds it as well so i enjoyed it from that point of view these are the good things however it's just a bit of a mismatch of many films that you think you've seen before we were talking about this Full we jar saying, head. Like, yeah the iraq the iraq bit is very jarhead um the addiction bit is quite you could look at it as sid and nancy train spot wreck room for a dream that the kind of screwed up bank robber bit well i don't know that that bit we just they were the worst bank robbers ever so i wasn't entirely convinced by them but yeah it just it, there was a sense of, of of genericism around it and that made that, that i thought maybe if they'd made it slightly shorter running time slightly sharper then perhaps the visual excitement they brought to it and this excellent mate you know lead performance could have you know could, could have made it into a leaner better hour and a half film as opposed because i think it's like two hours and ten minutes or something it's long Two hours twenty. Yeah, that's a long film. Where where did you say uh, Candy was being shot? Well, not shot. Um, shown again. Which which platform? Apple Cherry. TV. Oh, it's an Apple original. So yeah. So it's interesting because it's also um, the Russo seem to um, be doing a, a couple more different um, sort of vehicles for the original Avengers actors in these sort of uh, ex military themes. So, for example, Chris Hemsworth did the film Extraction, Extraction. for Netflix. But similarly, by the same token, recently Joe Russo has closed the deal to write another instalment of that franchise. Because you might remember from the first extraction, it was a bit of a cliffhanger ending. So they're picking that up and there's going to be another extraction um, with Chris Hemsworth in the starring role, who obviously played Thor in the Marvel films. It's very Murica, isn't it? Um, Because they see their military as superheroes and that market will very much appreciate seeing those actors in these military roles, I think. And I, I know little about the backstories of um, superheroes, but I think I vaguely picked up that quite a lot of them have got something like PTSD or an early thing that happens in their life and they're forced into this life of being a superhero for whatever reasons. So I think that matches really well as well. Yeah, there are, that's true to an extent. A lot of superheroes do have sort of uh, military or, or certainly security roles in society that's like for one reason or another either go pear-shaped or upper gear as it were yeah it is, it's it's a nice film it's it's not as soft and indie mumblecore as i like these kinds of films to be but i do think it will hit the sweet spot between that audience and the marvel audience and it's it's yeah it's a good date one i think it will uh make different kinds of people happy on the same viewing and i think it will take tom holland to you know to new audiences i hadn't seen the girl who plays his girlfriend emily chiara bravo she's very i haven't cute. seen her in anything but she's got a very sweet and physically they're very well matched because obviously tom holland is a quite a slight guy anyway and apparently he lost like 30 pounds to play you know the, the for the junky bits of this film if you right. like so physically they're quite well matched i don't know if i was entirely on board with their chemistry but then if i got I, I did I, I teared up I did, actually I like like you were saying the last kind of 10 minutes the last sequence made me come away from it feeling better about it than I had done 
for large swathes of watching it, which yeah. I don't know is a great review, but it certainly yeah. held my attention all the way through. It's maybe, yeah, like it's a bit down with faint praise, but actually, the, yeah, the very end kind of Hang came on around. The ending. If you're if you're getting a bit bored throughout it, stick with it because it's a final yeah. 20 minutes or 15 or 20 minutes. It, the, the, oh, that camera work, the, the Russos yeah, know what amazing. they're doing, don't they? It's beautiful. Well, this is what, yeah, this is what I mean about this kind of sense of it. And, and, and obviously, you know, having come off the back of, of, of two of the biggest films made of all time and the illogist line you say that would require and that shows in that that really does show in cherry so mm. it's a big it's like like you said it's like a big epic version of quite a small indie addiction drama so yeah. i i i think you know yeah it's i i think there's there's not it didn't appreciate like two hours 20 for me which is good because i fucking hate long films it was all right it, um I, yeah, I think there's a lot to appreciate about it. it. It may it may not all land perfectly, but I give them kudos. I think for trying something. I, I think it's got, it's a brave film to have made. Like we said, I mean, I suppose when you've made obviously when you're a Spider Man or B, you've made Endgame and Infinity War. I guess you could make whatever the fuck you want because you have a coat made of money. But still, they could have. You know, it's 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 much less generically actually than Extraction because we reviewed Extraction for this way back when. We filmed this podcast review, and I greatly enjoyed Extraction, although it was very dark. This, at least, I could see what was going on in it. I do remember Extraction was terribly dark. It's hard to see anything that was literally happening. It was all shot in the dark. This is, yeah, it's told in chapters. There are dreamy bits. There are quite shockingly violent bits, and and Tom Holland is barely off screen. I would say for that whole running time either. And so I, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of him for sure. Cool. Well, then that's ended up being very high praise for Cherry. It's long, it's difficult in places, but totally fucking worth it, guys. Have a look for it. It's an Apple TV original. Um, let's bring things down a peg or two and talk about the best thing on TV. On Netflix, uh, Marriage or Mortgage. I told you that Married at First Sight Australia was the best thing. I rescind that statement. I've just seen the names of people. Oh, oh no, they're not the, um, they're, no, I got excited and I thought the two um, stars were related, but they're just giving you the names of pe other people. Don't mind me. Anyway, stars, Stuart will be very excited about this. Two redheaded middle-aged hotties. One is a kind of straight talking, looks a bit like Miranda off Sex and the City. Um, but not sure if that's Stuart's red but redhead, <laughs> like a very sexy lady, like less butch version. Um, she is an estate agent and then long flowing curly red hair and big eyes. She's a wedding planner and they work together to meet a, a new couple every episode who got 20 or 30 or whatever thousand dollars. And they are deciding between having the big wedding of their dreams or putting a down payment on a house that they own forever and is an investment in their future. Can you see which way I'm leaning with this? This is set kind of in and around Nashville. Say what you like, like about Nashville. the Deep South. They are fucking idiots, most of them. <laughs> Among the stories I've heard on this. And goes like, another three of our listeners. <laughs> well... Listen here, like they will be on side with me. They're like, that's, among the stories I've heard is, oh yeah, we're living in our parents' basement, um, living together with, with, our, with a parent because um, we don't have our own place, but we're engaged and we'd like to get married. Um, we're trying to have kids and IVF is really important and expensive and we need a home for those kids to live in. Oh, he lost his job a while ago and has been out of work for a while and it's been a real struggle. Here's 30 grand. What do you want to do with it? Have a fucking party and buy a dress or a house. More often than not, they choose the wedding. And that is why I don't think any Americans should be allowed passports. And I'm glad most of them don't have them. Right. So, <laughs> you, so why is this making you furious then? Just because they should be, you feel they should be doing the sensible thing and, and, and buying the house. They're probably like, oh, well, whatever it's we can just rent. A no, yeah, but they're, they're, there was a couple that chose to, continue living with one of their parents as a married couple well that's just maybe why would you and possible. no one needs a thirty thousand pound wedding spoiler alert kids i wore a 50 quid dress and looked fucking incredible and i sold it for more than i bought it for um but enough about me 
This is the but best TV show ever. <laughs> maybe my your start first marriage. wedding was, yeah, I was say, maybe that was a resounding success. So let's see. I love my wedding, but then I wasn't on a TV show where I was offered a, a marriage or a mortgage, I suppose. Yes. Oh, it's Brienne having a little cry in the background. You don't know where she is. We can hear her, but we can't see her. Emma's looking frantically around the room. Puppy, activate stealth mode. This is right up my street, though, because I love a bit of interior design porn. I love looking at houses on rightmove.co.uk. It is my favourite activity. And I also love wedding porn as well. Even though I don't plan on having a big one myself, I want to be a wedding planner. So does our friend Yozzy. It's our dream job. I enjoy organised fun, tablescapes, colour schemes, menu design, all that good kind of shit. So I get both in one and I get to be judgy and bitch about people making decisions. Maybe when I convince a, a woman that I am worth marrying, maybe I'll just get you and Yozzy to do it for me. That would be a dream of life, Stuart. Please, please do that. Cool. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I'll dye her I hair renew... in her sleep if she's not redhead. For you. Perhaps I could renew my vows, and you could do, you you could do. I would love oh that. Oh my Actually, god! Come and do it for me. We could have Brienne of, carrying I, the ring. I know of a couple um, cute venues that are either old, dilapidated cinemas or restaurants with little mini cinemas on top. It's a pretty cool idea. We can shoot our own you film. Had... You had a birthday party. That was my thirtieth. In birthday. that place with the um, with, there was a I restaurant with, with a mini children. Top and yeah. they had breakdowns, so you couldn't come in. That's true. That was like four years ago. They did all have breakdowns. Like beef and pops, and I remember that. Joe, all the way to Ely. That's how much I love you. Aww. Right. Aww. Well, yeah, definitely. Days we could drive places. I know. Definitely watch Marriage or Mortgage on Netflix. It's cute. I love it. All the couples in it are really sweet. It's very um, LGBTQ plus 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 friendly, quite nice and diverse in various ways. Um, but yeah, you are going to be spitting at the screen with some of these decisions. But that's therein lies the drama. Speaking of drama, <laughs> um, there's some shit on Disney Plus about some Avengers <laughs> shits that they've shoved into a TV show for no apparent reason, apart from to make money. You well, you, you were a lot more um, receptive to the idea of the Scarlet Witch in One Division. That that I did like the sound of One Division. Still haven't bothered to watch it though. Fair enough. <laughs> so um, yeah, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is following the events of Avengers Endgame. Sam Wilson, uh, aka the Falcon, and Bucky Barnes, aka the Winter Soldier, team up in a global adventure that tests their abilities. His name is Bucky Barnes. Sorry. He, so hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> his name, his full name is Buchanan. Buchanan Barnes. I think he's got a first name as well, but I forget. But everyone calls him Bucky. Also, bear in mind, he's been around, you know, he's like 100 years old, isn't he, Bucky? So this is a yeah. name that is based on, you know, so, so he was meant to be like a 19 He was, yeah. Soldier, Best so. friends with Captain America in the 30s and 40s, so that's where that's come from. And um, that's when they call people Bucky. Just saying, right? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, this is the first episode's out. It premiered on Disney Plus uh, in the UK and the USA on Friday, um, to the extent that they actually advertised it on in the UK by turning the entire London Eye into Captain America's shield, which was pretty effect, pretty impressive. Videos online, pictures online. Emma looks amazed. I did not know that. Pass me by. I am looking completely amazed. I did not know that. And A, I can't imagine that passed me by. And B, that's so freaking cool. Exactly. I think that's awesome. So yeah, the, the first episode is pretty good. I mean, it's just setting the scene. So unlike, say, for example, uh, Resident Alien, where that's been out for eight weeks and I've been binge-watching that and catching up, this is another one of those um, TV series on a streaming service where they're actually releasing the episodes weekly rather than dumping them. So there's something to look forward to every Friday. And as we keep saying in lockdown, it's very important to have something to look forward to. And the same was true of um, Division, which was finished, what, two weeks ago now? Uh, yeah, we had one week break before this started. So that finished, yeah, like you said, that, that would be two weeks on Friday. There was a Friday where we had no joy, no Marvel joy for our lives on Disney+. Plus. It was a very sad Friday. And then this Friday, Falcon and the Winter Soldier started. So um, how are you feeling about it? I must admit that I was, I'm pro I was probably much more invested in WandaVision because I think as we've talked about many times on this podcast, I have a strange, well, not strange, actually. He is the longest serving Avenger, Paul Bettany's great. And I was very invested in Wonder and Vision's relationship. And I think as well, it's quite a female style Marvel, you know, the whole idea of the thwarted love and the, you know, the lost love and, and, and brilliant, brilliant. This is obviously much more straightforward Marvel, it felt to me. It starts yeah. off with this amazing sequence um, on a plane 
with the falcon and lots of flying and amazing shots of planes flying through canyons and that kind of thing it's sort of unpacked a little bit more you've got sam going home i think so there's some you know they, they, they are addressing the issues of what would really happen when billions of people suddenly pop back up after five years of not being there and there's the reality of him trying to sort out i think his parents house thing he goes down to louisiana to go and see his sister yeah i must admit i got a bit confused by the winter soldiers part of it because i am not in all my marvel watching probably the winter soldier is my least known marvel film so i got a bit I, when they were unpacking that bit I, I lost my way a bit so i wasn't as engrossed with this as i was with wonder vision so it's, but, yeah i mean it's worth noting that the the he's never had a film of his own he's always been uh yeah he's been tied into the captain america film so he was part of uh was it captain america 2 the winter soldier and then captain america yeah. 3 civil war so that largely was too certainly all about the re resurgence of bucky barnes winter soldier been reanimated or it was on, put on ice by hydra and reprogrammed what have you and then yeah civil wars dealing with the aftermath of that and trying to find justice for him despite everything he's done as the winter soldier um but yeah, yeah. as you were saying compared to wandavision yeah this is a lot more um along those along the same vein and along the same sort of style and flavor of those two captain america films um, whereas One Division was a lot more, it was certainly a lot more experimental with the whole um, sitcom thing. Um, and this is, yeah, this is, like you say, more down to earth, more traditional action yeah. adventure storytelling. And I think when we actually, because as yet we haven't really had much interaction between the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but what I can see from the tra from the trailers that they've been teasing us with, there's going to be, I think, quite a lot of kind of it's it, witty mismatched hilarious dialogue between the two of them i think it, they're, they're, and there is already some yeah there are some sharp one liners it is it does funny which as we always talk about marvel does that so well marvel brings a lightness of touch and a deafness to everything which in the week that say the four hour cut of justice league has come out i was just reminded all over again about how dc cannot bring lightness of touch it just is that they are the heaviest dankest vehicles ever but that's comes to me so i think from that point of view really enjoyable and you're right Sebastian Stan has never obviously been front and centre in a film, and I really like him. I think he's a really, really excellent actor, so it's nice to see both him and Anthony Mackie front and centre. So I'm I'm, I'm not, like I said, I'm not as gripped as, as soon as WandaVision started, I was like, I was 100% in. Not quite there with this, I think it's going to be six episodes, they're all about 50 minutes, I think. But um, yeah, in terms of giving us something to look forward to for a Friday night, like you said, it kind of becomes event TV, then I think it's and then after this it's going to be Loki. So, oh Marvel, how it, I love you! It does. It doesn't seem like it's suffering the same problem for um the One Division either, where the episodes are fluctuating wildly in length from one episode to the next, and then you're conned into the running time by about fifty minutes being all credits, which is a bit of a pain in the ass. I feel sorry though. Oh, they they, they take all that time to put all those great people in to put together the producer, and I bet no one sat down and watched it once. Because it just takes so damn long. True, true. So yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, it, it's, it's, it's solid. It's solid Marvel action entertainment, and it, yeah, it, it's not, it's not doing anything particularly new. But at the same time, it's doing what it does very well. And, it, and again, and again, I was just going to say that with Marvel choosing to do these limited series on Disney Plus at the moment, it's you know it's it's bringing big budget filmic quality to the small screen as well, which I think is a good thing. Exactly, and it, and it looks fantastic. It sounds fantastic. The effects are of the same quality that you'd expect to see on the silver screen. And again, it's just performing that service that we need during lockdown and pandemic when the cinemas aren't open. It's it's giving us that sort of level of energy and thrill that you'd normally see on the big screen. So there cool you go. Story, guys. Do you have time to tell it again? <laughs> <laughs> Ash is Did not you sold. Out during that, Ash. She's not I, sold. Um, I muted myself. I was watching a lot of Instagram stories. They were good. <laughs> um, the flight attendant. Should we, should we talk about that? <laughs> Fair I've, enough, been, then, I I've been meaning to watch this for a long time, but hate Kaylee Cuoco, so steered clear. But it, it sounds right up my street. So tell us the premise, Emma, as the only one who's actually seen it. 
Okay, well, I've watched two episodes out of eight so far. So your premise is Kaylee Cuoco is playing a rather sort of messy, highly functioning alcoholic flight attendant who is working in the first class section of the planes. But you can tell she's messy because in the first, in the very opening scene, she wakes up and there's a guy in her bed and she doesn't really remember who he is. Quite a sexy looking guy. And she rings up her brother, her well-behaved brother, and they're, they're sort of showing her trying to pick up her underwear and kick bottles under the bed while her uptight brother is looking after their kids and doing not their kids his kids and being very good so, so from the get-go you know exactly what you know exactly where you're going with this here she is messy personal life slightly chaotic goes off to a job on this particular flight there is the very sexy michael hoosman who is from i think the haunting of hill house mm. and also dario Novartis from game of thrones and he is obviously your easy on the eye guy in first class the two of them end up making out passionately in the toilet halfway through the flight then they end up when they land in Bangkok, he invites her out. They have you, you sort of see this whole night in flashback of them having a lovely dinner. She's got a gorgeous dress on, dancing, cocktails, all the rest. Then she wakes up and she's lying in bed next to him. His throat is cut, blood everywhere. He is very, very dead. And she now has Oopsie. got to try and piece together what has happened. But it's done in quite a quirky way, in that you keep flashing in her head, she keeps flashing back to the Michael Houseman character who's talking to her, you know, in from his dead bloody body, he's still, you know, acting and talking. And so he is obviously, the whole premise is I think that he's trying to talk to her from beyond the dead to figure out what happened to him. There may be Russian spies involved. There's certainly uh, something, there's a woman that was there. She's we definitely can't quite been see set up. Yet. That's quite obvious from the start. Yes, well, right. you, I don't know, actually, maybe, maybe not. I mean, at the very, the, maybe she, she's she an incel keen... and she did it, but she doesn't know that she did it. Like, like the Captain Man. What's the Captain America lady? That guy, who? The Captain America. What? What are you talking about? What's the one with Brie Larson? Who's that? Oh, Captain Marvel. Yeah, same thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what has she been in a show where she thinks she might have done it? I don't. Well, I don't. That, isn't that a bit of her backstory? when she was trained to do bad stuff and then she was made to forget about it. Yeah, to perhaps not the same in the same way or the same extent, but yes, yes. <laughs> that is a thing I, that happens to us. I was listening. <laughs> totally was listening. I, I see. Well, it, it's, so, I mean, yeah, it's said, as annoying in this as she is in The Big Bang Theory. Well, I haven't watched much of The Big I haven't watched much of the Big Bang Theory, so I have to be honest, and this is really mean of me, my knowledge of Kaylee Cuoco mostly comes from reading online gossip about the fact that she is quite a diva and apparently not the nicest to work with. I also find her slightly annoying because I find her a slightly low-rent Jennifer Aniston, which is probably rude of me. Mm. But, but, so by that token, then, is she playing as a disservice to women token blonde Egypt? Not really. I mean, and... and no, that no, she's I, I think she's got good comic timing and she's pacey and I can see why she was being paid a million an episode for, you know, a sitcom that was after all massively successful. But she could has... not continue without the Sheldon character because no one else is that good. <laughs> she has good, you know, she, she's got a good physicality. She's got quite, you know, she's got an expressive face. Occasionally you might want to slap it, but she has got, you know, and to be honest, <laughs> I've watched with her husband with a bad taste who has no idea about it at all. And he's loving it because he doesn't maybe have that slight urge to slap Kaylee Cuoco's face like I do. Having said that, though, in this, I think it works quite well because you can thoroughly believe her as a chaotic, semi-alcoholic, annoying flight attendant, um, you know, who's kind of sexy, but also kind of a mess. And and maybe, and and also she has that edge about her. So you think, well, maybe she could have killed him. And I think that she's also thinking, Ooh. did I kill him? So she's being interviewed. You've got some nice supporting roles. Rosie Perez is, isn't it? As um, one of the older flight attendants on her team. Um, TR Knight, ex from Grey's Anatomy from many moons ago, is playing her brother. Like I say, he seems to have, he seems to have the perfect life living with his husband in New York, I think, and their two mixed race children. And he seems to be living the perfect life. Maybe that's not going to end up being so perfect. And a great term from... Um, Soja Mamet, David Mamet's daughter, who's best, who I know best know for the, um, for girls. And she plays her oh, best I friend. I love her. Yeah. She plays Who's her best friend. Is she? I think she's David Mamet's daughter, isn't she? Who's David Mamet? Famous, famous playwright. Oh, lovely. Well, that makes sense because everyone in um, Girls um, is there by nepotism. So, yeah, yeah. on brand. <laughs> I say as you, and it's alive and well. Um, yeah, daughter of David Mamet who I will tell you what David Mamet has done. I should know this due to my American studies knowledge. 
but obviously I don't. He um he wrote Glen Gary Glen. Glenn, Gary Glen Ross is probably what you most okay. know for. He may have even written Oliana as well, which was that sort of film that was about woke stuff before we were all woke about the um, college student who accuses her lecturer of grooming and date rape. And it's always Ooh. a question about whether or not it really happened. Anyway, cut long story short, not really nice to have from Zosia Mama as her best friend, who happens to be a lawyer, who is also like, what the hell are you doing? Why did you clean up a scene? What's happening? What's going on? It's it's pacey it's funny it's you know it, it's pretty gory in parts but it Ooh. you know but it, it there is a lightness of touch i think it's going to be very very easy to take down eight episodes we've already watched two and that was just one yeah it looks so it's nice sure. you know, a little bit the undoing yeah and i think like you said it's had it's come from the states and it's had excellent reviews as far as i can tell in the states and um and here it's now showing on sky one and yeah it's it's good. It, yeah, you, you, I've, I'm, you're in. I'm sucked into it, and I want to know. I want to work out what's happened. So okay, yeah. I'm going to give good, that a good. go. It looks a little less pretentious than The Undoing as well. It might be a bit more accessible, I think, um, for more people. Although I, love I think so, and it's and it's funny, and it's actually funny, and it's, and it's quite you know it is quirky because like I say, they keep she keeps flashing back. So you have these kind of double scenes where she's watching herself in an interrogation room, but she's like having an out of body experience. She's standing next to the corpse of the guy that's dead, who's talking to her in her ear, saying, "Well, you know, do you know what happened? That woman was there, wasn't she? Can you remember? Do you remember the woman that was there with us?" And she keeps kind of flashing back to the memory. Okay. You've got this blurred face, so it's quite it's visually quite interesting as well. So Lovely. there you go. I think it's based on a novel. The flight attendant. So where do we watch that? Sky, um, Sky One or Now TV. Oh, it's I have Now just, TV. It's just landed all eight episodes immediately available. Wonderful. Well, let me very quickly remind you of what we talked about today. And then we're going to bitch about the Oscars. Uh, Deadly Illusion, Illusions slash Grace on Netflix. Don't do it. Resident Alien, Stu, that's on sci-fi in America and where for us? Sky One and I would imagine also Now TV here, although don't quote okay. me on that. That does look great. I'm going to try that. Cherry is an Apple original. Give it a go. I think most people will like it. Marriage or Mortgage. Oh, chef's kiss of a Netflix TV show. And then The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is a new Disney Plus offering that those two quite like. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, The Flight Attendant. But Oscars are happening in April instead of February. But that means we get a real party and the dresses are going to be great. This is Thank you for coming to my you. TED Talk. <laughs> I like that. I, I have to say, Ash, in fact, we talked about this. You were totally right. I was totally wrong. I said I didn't think the Oscars would be happening in a non-virtual mm -hmm. manner. And you were like, watch this space, Emma. They will do. And they've just Absolutely announced it. Will. They will not be allowing nominees to attend via Zoom. If anyone wants to come, then they have to come in person because they are going to be putting on a socially distance. I imagine not just the frocks, Ashley. I imagine the masks are going to be amazing. There will be so uh, many custom masks uh, and frocks. Frocks, a la Taylor Swift at the. I Grammys, knew I you were gonna say that. Yeah, she had a lovely matching mask. Floral, yeah. Whilst they are going all out on the social distancing, is it not a tad irresponsible of them for suggesting everyone has to come in person? Yeah, but it's America and all their restrictions are lifted, uh, and everyone's dead. So I don't think at the end of the. I mean, at the end of year, you know, they, they, obviously their vaccination program is going pretty well in the States as well. But you're right. I'm sure they can't force people to come if people feel uncomfortable, if they have underlying health conditions or they, you know, or they just don't, you know, they, they just maybe have got the fear after a full year inside. What are they going to do? Just refuse, you know, just take their nomination away. You're not going to make a hundred year old Martin Scorsese come and collect his award and then refuse to let him talk to you on Zoom. Not these nominations. Well, I wouldn't but... <laughs> and I wouldn't have thought they'd make Anthony Hopkins go because I mean nice. I think Anthony Hopkins is I mean he's terribly old. Anyway, we're not allowed to, to fly. <laughs> that's that's not <laughs> essential travel. Oh, a party. This is true actually because in terms of the actresses who were uh, nominated, I was also correct because I shouted out Vanessa Kirby all the way back um, in you did. The Woman, which was. You did. A problematic film. Sheila Booth is problematic for many reasons, but it was an amazing performance, central performance for her. Now she is British. So yeah, how's that going to work? She's going to have to fly over two weeks before in quarantine? I don't know. You don't have to mystery. quarantine in America. They don't have any rules. She'll have to quarantine when she gets back, but she'll have to prove that this is work and this will hurt her work. But it's not an essential trip. Yeah, well, you shouldn't even be traveling for work. 
Uh, We're not allowed to do that. We are. This is still another three weeks away, though. And I think, I I don't know, I'm I'm kind of, I'm here for this because I think that the movies are such a terrible, terrible year. You know, cinemas are... Who knows what, what the cinema landscape's going to look like when get when they get to reopen for the first time in, properly in 12 months and releases will start to trickle through again. So I'm here, mm. I think, for the Oscars, you know, doing the best they can to make this the event, to remind people that there's still something incredibly magical about going to a cinema to watch things when we've all got so used to watching shit mm. on our phones. We don't know yet if they're going to have a host. The last two years have been done hostless because remember they kicked Kevin Hart out for a racist tweet so they did it hostless. Then they did the next year hostless. This year they are broadcasting from multiple locations. Ah, so maybe one of those locations might be like London. Might be. I think. I think they just mean bi-coastal. So I think like the Grammys. I think did L.A. and New York. Um, uh, no, it wasn't. It was wasn't it the Golden Globes when Tina Fey and Amy Poehler yeah. presented. Tina was in New York and Amy Poehler was in L.A. So maybe they're going to do a similar thing. They've said it's multiple locations for the Oscars, which sounds like more than one. Um, but for us, it's going to start at um, 1 a.m. on Monday, April the 26th. So you always think you watch it on a Sunday night, but you need to take the Monday off work. Get that in your calendars, kids. But let's who's nominated. So I think we mentioned previously because we talked about Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and Chadwick Boseman has posthumously been winning everything so far. Yeah, so they're both up there. Yeah, they're both up. And, and Andrew Day as well for the, for the Billie Holiday film. So again, after the kind of hoo-ha about Oscars so white, it is definitely a very... They've made a concerted effort by the looks of it. Yeah, they they really have. And again, um, obviously... Lots of Asian-American nominees as well this year. I was going to say, perhaps the favourite for director who did win the Golden Globe is, of course, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, who was the first um, Asian-American film. We have our very own first British female director being nominated for Promising Young Woman that Ashley and I were lucky enough to see a screener of, but we will talk about that when it comes out. It's the greatest thing to ever happen to anyone, by the way. Emerald and it's a Fennel. film that needs to be seen. Yeah, so Emerald Fennell's been, she's up for that. And the other- She plays the best... Camilla Parker Bowles in The Crown. That's how you know Emerald Fennell. And then the best directors and rounded out by David Fincher for Mank, which had done, a Dennis, oh. amount of nominees. I made it 20 minutes in and then I stopped and you said, oh my God, Emma, do yourself a favour. Do not, just do not. So I'm quite it's mesmerised so by how Mank's done so well. Well, you know how the Oscars um, work. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it was Lee, good or not. <laughs> Lee Chung for Minari and Thomas Burke, who I think is English maybe, or German for another Are round. Which Daniel Kaluuya, Oscar-nominated English fella. And my babe, yep. Lakeith Stanfield, also they're both nominated for Judas and the Black Messiah. Lakeith Stanfield is my husband. Um... And in Good Things, Carrie Mulligan is nominated for Promising Young Woman. Francis mm-hmm. McDormand obviously has been kind of sweeping up. Is there for Nomadland. I cannot and wait like to see say, Nomadland. I'm so excited I'm, for that film. I'm excited about that. However, I am going to question in the <sighs> actress's Can I guess? Role. Maria, well, first of all, I was just going to say Maria Bakalova's in there, which is good, I think. That's for Borat. And she probably was the best thing in Borat. This is this young Bulgarian actress that plays... Um, Sasha Barakone's daughter and goes to places you would not expect anyone to go to in their debut film. Yes. Shout out who I'm going to question. Ashley. Even before you told me which um, category you were moaning about, Glenn Close <laughs> in the best shit thing we've seen in a long time, Hillbilly Elegy, which was just a farce of a film. Well, as you just said, <laughs> one of my twins has recently invested in one of those pale pink revolting oversized plush hoodies that apparently <laughs> the kids like to game in. And I came, I brought him on screen to show him to Ashley and, and, and Steve before we started recording. And Ashley pointed out he looked like Glenn Close in Hillbilly Elegy, which, which is a fucking a compliment. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm questioned about that. The father has obviously done one. Both Olivia Coleman and Anthony Hopkins are up for The Father, which is this film about Olivia Alzheimer's. Olivia Coleman Hopkins. is not an Oscar-level actress. She's not that She's good. an Oscar winner. I know. She's so, not that Sadly good. for you, she is. I like her a lot. I've I like heard her interesting a lot things. as a person. <laughs> I've heard her, I've heard interesting things about The Father. This is, like I said, it's this film about Alzheimer's where I believe they kind of, they think she the actors play a certain character they're trying to show you how confusing it is to be living with alzheimer's that sometimes people don't get recognizable to you so it sounds like a tough mm. watch but maybe not okay. the cheeriest but both anthony hopkins and olivia coleman up for that so the brits have done 
pretty much Sasha Baron Cohen is up for Trial of the Chicago yeah. 7, which I'm pleased about because I loved yeah. him in that. Yeah, that's a brilliant and, and that is up for best film as well. Um, as... Cinematography, your favourite that you both talked me round to because I was umming and ahhing, News of the World with Tom Hanks as nominated for cinematography and I would imagine that should win that. Oh, that'd be good if that win something, yeah. Mm-hmm. They've gone for eight Best Picture nominations this year. Ten years ago, when they can now nominate up to ten, but they it depends on the year as to how many. And luckily, do. before this year, they changed the rules, and you can have things that hit streaming sites. You just have to have had um, a US premiere. So The Irishman went straight to Netflix, but it had a London premiere and a couple premieres in the US. So that was the little rule change. And I imagine they would have had to have further relaxed that because no one's had a problem. And, and Judas and the Black Messiah, which is up for Best Picture, and this is one that's, as you said, Daniel Kaluuya is, is up for Best Supporting Actor. And this is the kind of story about the shooting of the Chicago head of the Black Panther organisation, yeah. which is there as a side note in the trial of the Chicago 7. So I'd very much like to watch that perhaps for next week because I think it's, you okay. know, as companion pieces, it's again late 60s activism with apparently some stunning performances from both Lakeith Stanfield and the one I think the documentary feature that's going to win is something I really want to watch but I can't so one of you two needs to watch it first and then tell me there's no sharks or whales or anything in it but my octopus teacher do you remember that from a year ago and everyone went crazy for it it's like the best there's no sharks it's really? it's really cute, I think. Everyone who I know who watched it were parents who have younger kids than mine. There was a lot of talk on, like, you know, sort of the mum's feeds on Facebook or whatever. And most of them were watching it, but they're like five, six, seven-year-olds, and they all just cried because it's the most beautiful thing apparently they've ever seen. So, yeah, maybe we should watch that. Because it that kind of both bypasses me, but it's on Netflix. It looks yeah. beautiful. Everyone raved about that, but I can't watch Underwater Fins. It's just a no from me, babe. I haven't heard about any of these international feature films, which is not unusual for me, which is... Uh, poor on my part but the international features end up looking really good and they just don't get the kind of press over here they should have so they will be the five best films from that country sorry the one best film from that one country of the whole entire year has to compete with five others so there's one from Denmark Hong Kong Romania Tunisia and Bosnia Herzegovina this year and and oh hang on (laughs) Do you remember Defy Floods, which we fucking hated because it's fucking shit? Yes. It's dark that's, and really long. That's nominated for Best Original Score. I, I don't remember the music. I can't even. My can't, babe, can't Trent Reznor, off of Nine Inch Nails, is nominated twice this year. Once for is this Mank. The sound and, of metal? Um, no, he did Mank and he did Soul. He did those, um, oh, those um, original soul. scores. If Soul does not win Best Animated Feature, then the world is, 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 is a poor place. I just want to say very quickly, actually, talking about music, mm-hmm. one of the other great things about Cherry was its use of music, actually. Oh. And I think, again, the Russo brothers have got previous in, in picking good songs in, you know, I just want to say that I really nice. the use of music in it. And just throwing that out there. Another good musical Oscar piece of news is our favourite film. the best ever. From last year is Oscar-nominated... I fucking told you, people, it's the best film ever. Eurovision, the story of Fire Saga is Oscar nominated for best Who's original song. Who's Fucking, which is I'm... my hometown, which she sings at the end. And he's like, but she'll be disqualified. But we've got to get this fucking story out there through the medium of song. And it was exactly. worth it. And- and then, as we said, we're going to be very disappointed there because it's James and his husband about his favourite bit in that movie when they're watching it back home in Iceland. And they go, she's singing in Icelandic. And the guy goes, gorgeous. It's very sweet. It's very sweet. It's a very sweet Icelandic moment. Bigger note. Bigger note. So we're, we're desperately hoping that Will Ferrell will obviously be there to give his um, amazing, because Will Ferrell loves to sing, as we know. I'm really hoping he's going to be at the Oscars to give his kind of harmonies at the back. I, I'm, I'm really excited. My favourite thing about the Oscars um, are all the musical acts. So if you haven't noticed, if you're watching old epi- uh, episodes, old um, ceremonies, each musical um, interlude is one of the nominations for best song. So they will open with one, they will close with one, they'll have little interludes with each song is performed. So one year they opened with Everything is Awesome, Everything is Cool, and we're part of a team, which I think is from the Lego movie, but it Correct. was nominated, so it had to be performed. 
I'm afraid you're not going to get Rachel McAdams singing on stage, babe, because while she mimed it for the film, it was um, one of Iceland's previous entries. Swedish. Oh, it's a previous Swedish entry that shockingly um, didn't win because the Swedes, obviously, they're historically very, very good at you know Eurovision having been the mm. birthplace of ABBA and everything else. But I think she sang for Sweden twice in the Eurovision Song Contest and never won. My Marianne, but you know, also though, I do believe, to be fair, Ash, I don't think Rachel McAdams purely mind that they did. No, that was the only of her voice sing. sing. Yeah, she sang everything oh. else. That was the only I one she didn't sing. She's, so she is singing it to herself, though, when she's kind of writing it in the hotel room, sadly. At in, ex, inexplicably in, is it Edinburgh? Edinburgh. If we Edinburgh. ever win the Eurovision Song Contest, we sure as shit are not allowing Scotland to host it. We are that petty. That is going to be in the most expensive part of London. You know it. Not that we're ever going to win. <laughs> 1997, the last and only time, I think, forever and ever. <sighs> so... Also, though, interestingly, this year, obviously, the BAFTA noms came out as well, because they're going to be held two weeks before the Oscars. And I just wanted to say, Ashley, that we, again... We're so right about everything. Rocks, I think, got more nominations than possibly any other film with BAFTA. Obviously, BAFTA do that thing where you get the whole outstanding British film category as opposed to feature... So you've got a feature film category for the... Seven BAFTAs. Yeah, and I think it's got a couple of the performances nominated out there. And like we said and last week. the casting, week, the casting director yeah. was nominated. As she should be, because the, you know, they are, it was obviously a cast of unknowns. I think they've non workshops well. with real life, yeah, non-acting um, teenagers from that area and just got some of the most life-affirming performances I've yeah. seen this year. So It's still on Netflix, Watch Rocks, do it. It's do about that teenage it. girl who's, she's kind of ends up, having to leave home and fend for herself and she refuses to give up her little brother and tries to look after him at the same time and it's lovely by sarah gavron and a lot of shout outs for um for promising one young women again but also interestingly and this really excited me because we loved this both of us loved this you even saw this in the cinema when cinemas were briefly open again Mm -hmm. shannon murphy has been nominated for best director at the baftas for baby teeth which was that delightful australian film fucking love baby teeth and that is now available on netflix and that's great i in fact i went to go and see it at the cinema as well there was only about myself there were two or three films out and i saw this one twice it was chef's kiss yes so in terms of things that you can watch on Netflix, please, please, please do yourselves a favour and watch Baby Teeth because it's wonderful and the BAFTAs agree with me. We're so um, right. We're just we're all so the types of right. Always, always so always. right. So, always. So, I, you know, it feels like it's kind of, the only one I don't know anything about is this Sound of Metal with Riz Ahmed. Yeah. Mr. Ro, is he Mr. Robot, Riz Ahmed? Or is that, no, that's Rami Malek, isn't it? I get confused. Yes. Riz Ahmed was the night, the night of which is by the guys who made Your Honour, another deeply stressful limited series that I never actually watched. This looks great, actually. That looks, if it, it's um, coming to Prime Video for us on May 17th. So the heavy metal drummer who starts to lose his hearing, that looks brilliant, actually. Yeah, yeah do we think it's going to be like a heavy metal version of Whiplash or something? I don't yes. know. I, it's... I, would, I think so very much. And I've never heard That's of that exciting. director. He hasn't done, he's done nothing. He's only done nothing. Sh- he. He just wrote, I think the only, the only credit he I He wrote The Place Beyond the Pine. Yeah. Which is the Ryan I liked Gosling. that. And Eva Mendes thing. That it, it didn't do very well, but I, I very much like that. Very stylish. Very, very stylish. 7.3 on Andy. <gasps> Not terrible. Oh, fuck me, Brienne. She's having a breakdown. <laughs> well, yesterday, James and the boys, just to, to wrap up this podcast, yesterday, James and the boys pulled up wheeled a table tennis table all the way back from Saffron's spare table at the tennis club, not the table tennis club, just the tennis club. And um, they said to James, if you can get it back, you can have it. So the children, Ooh. after with much wailing and gnashing of teeth, <laughs> did in fact wheel this back. And so now we have a table tennis table outside in our drive. And that is what is getting uh, Brienne terribly excited because Jago and his little friend are playing. He's screaming at the- <laughs> Oh my <laughs> gosh, Brienne! She's screaming so, at us to shut the fuck up, so maybe we should. <laughs> that should be a sign. <laughs> that was it's a joy. A Thank you, guys. It's a sign. Um, 
I'm not even going to mention the fact that we did we didn't we, that we didn't do American Graffiti again, but that's fine. <laughs> Just watch it. It's on Netflix. It's great. You do it for people do it for cinema studies all the time. So just watch it. It is really very it. good. I need to watch it again. Um, cheers, bitches. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we'll see you next week when it's tantalizingly close to the most wonderful time of the year, the Oscars. This time next week, it'll also be officially spring. Or at least the no, last. We've had the equinox, haven't we? Well, no, there's the was... equinox, and then it's like um, the meteorological spring begins on the 28th. Very lovely. Yeah. Oh, and then I have so long to wait until it's autumn and festive season again, and watch all you people be clowns all summer outside. <laughs> I have literally never been paler, and it just traumatizes me when I look at myself. I I've, I've been looking at myself the video on the Zoom call because we record this on a Zoom call, and looking at how remarkably pale I am on this video call, it is shocking. You look great. well. Soon, look, soon we'll all be able great. to. And we've only got what, and then, you know, so like I said, a week on Monday, we're allowed into people's gardens. And then it's only another two weeks until we're allowed into pub gardens, people. Theoretically, if everything is still going according to plan. Indeed. Right. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Like and subscribe. <laughs> like and subscribe. This is episode 37. It is 37. We'll be coming up is to our, our oh, year. Yeah. I think it's. Oh, yes, because I'm putting 36 up now. You got me very scared then. Okay. What I will say as well is for some reason, some major podcast distributors are changing subscribe to follow. So you can also follow us. Like, Weird. follow, and subscribe. All the And above. definitely listen. We'll be coming up to our year anniversary soon because my Facebook feed reminded me a, a year ago today, Ashley, you and I were trying to the very last bumps on seats. Oh, really? And no, then we weren't actually trying to afford enough yeah. In yeah. from each other's house, that was terrible. Um, it went oh, very no. badly. It was our very last time in the studio because there was a lot of chat from um, people on there going, I do hope you're on opposite sides of the desks. Obviously, I, there was a selfie that you were sitting next to each this other. This is before masks were even mandatory, so yeah. Exactly. We rang up and we rang up people from the studio to discuss. Because no one else was allowed in, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aww. Happy days. Those were the oh, days. Happy anniversary, lockdown. Cool kids. Yeah, exactly. Happy birthday, lockdown. What should we get you? Uh, a load of masks and a vaccine. How about that? Um, right. I'm going to go day drink and watch Marriage and Mortgage. Love you, bitches. That sounds like the perfect Sunday. I'm going to the tip. Ooh, <laughs> love so you, bitches. <laughs> I know. Bit of bed, bath and beyond. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.